Hello folks, I am Lieutenant Jake Crawford with the Dawson County Sheriff's Office and welcome to this edition of the Fuzz Feed. Uh, joining me today is Sergeant Misty Harbin. She is one of our investigators. She is actually over property crimes, the evidence room, um, and pretty much anything else that uh, Captain Ray Goody tells her to take charge of. So Misty, welcome to the podcast. It's good to have you. Thank you. So we brought Misty in today because um, this podcast, we're going to answer a lot of the questions that uh, y'all have asked. Sorry, there's been a big delay in answering these questions, but hey, um, reality is we got a lot going on here at the sheriff's office. Uh, it's pretty been pretty busy this first part of the year for us, uh, especially from my end, training-wise. So, um, but Misty, knowing a lot about property crimes, there's a lot of questions that were asked about certain crime trends, and so Misty is way more qualified than me to answer some of these questions. Um, I do have to take a minute. I need to give a shout out to my cousin, or I'm sorry, my niece, Emma, all the way out on the other side of the country. I'm not going to say the state, but uh, apparently she discovered the podcast and just kind of enjoyed it. So I want to take a moment to say, hey, Emma, we miss you. Hey, and, Emma. Uh, and Misty says hi, too. And uh, hopefully we get to see you all here at some point. Um, but we'll move into what everybody is going to tune in and, and ask about. Um, so first question starting out is asking about the op opioid crisis here in Dawson County. Um, statistics, things like that. So I'll kind of roll that over to Misty and we'll just kind of bat this one back and forth. Um, so I think that um, since, you know, the downturn of COVID, we have started to see an uprise and I guess that's um, just because people are getting out more, going back to the doctor and you know, things like that, getting prescriptions. Um, so that you see a rise in uh, overdoses and such as that, the, uh, the more that people are out and about and have the capability to interact with family and friends and coworkers and strangers and all of those things. Yeah, um, so from my end, where I see is I, I manage our Narcan program. Uh, Narcan is basically the antidote for um, opioid-specific overdoses. Um, it blocks those receptors when it's administered and brings the person back. Um, it's kind of a temporary fix. Um, they can have more administered in route. Sometimes multiple doses are uh, administered initially on scene until you can get them to that advanced life support care at the hospitals. Um, where I see is we get tracking usage tracking forms submitted to me and I forward them up to the state. Um, and it does seem, and Misty, you can kind of tell me back, you know, support me or disagree with me on this. They'll kind of come in waves. And again, Dawson County's, I know to the people who lose somebody to an, uh, to opioid um, overdose, it obviously one is too many, and we get that. Um, but speaking as a whole, as a county, it could definitely be so much worse. You know, there's counties that can't go a 12-hour shift without, you know, somebody dying from an opioid overdose. So Dawson County is definitely, um, we're doing good. The majority of our uh, Narcan is administered. It results in a revival, which is a good thing, right? Um, life is preserved. Um, but it seems to, to run in waves, right? You know, one, two, or three, sometimes four, um, usually is what we see. And it, and it seems to just come in spurts. And I would probably attribute that to a certain narcotic that's being sold 
at that given time that has probably like a higher concentration of fentanyl in the mix. I don't know what your opinion of that is. Um, pretty spot on um, with um, with that, and it also correlates with you know the seasons where you see you know where people tend to be more depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, Winter time, holidays, especially around Christmas and and things of that nature. Um, and, you know, it goes along with, um, you know, mental health and, you know, more folks getting treatment or not getting treatment and um, self-medicating. Well, we do have um, yeah. a resource that was recently put out on the Sheriff's Office Facebook page. Um, some folks may be familiar with the crisis hotline, um, and um, they've got a, um, a new um, program available um, where you can just call from a landline or cell phone, and the number is just simply 988, um, and it's available to anyone in the United States, um, and they even have um, specific resources for veterans in crisis. Um, so when you call 988, not 911, unless you need emergency help. but. Um, 988, if you are a veteran in crisis, if you uh, push the number one, then they can get you specific help. So that's great. And uh, on a side note to this, this is also, um, it's for people who have substance abuse issues, but also people who are uh, having suicidal thoughts. Um, Definitely, I can speak from my personal experience of having come from another agency um, down around the metro Atlanta area. Um, I don't ever remember working a suicide down there and it I don't know if it's a, the times these days if it's jumped up across the board but you know that is one area where we we do see a, a fairly high call volume between threats um, suicidal ideations and then actually um, suicidal attempts so um, definitely definitely um, if you have a family member who you know you think may be suicidal be direct approach them about it don't don't beat around the bush. Don't say, you know, are you okay? Are you, you know, are you having high thoughts? Be direct. Are you thinking about harming, harming yourself? Have you thought about killing yourself? Be very direct with them when you ask these questions. Put aside the whole, you know, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. I don't, don't want to make it weird, right? You, you need to be direct with this stuff because it's a lot easier to deal with somebody being a little insulted by the, by the question that are you actually wanting to harm yourself as opposed to attending their funeral later on and wondering you know or having those thoughts of you know survivor's guilt like man, I, I knew it I knew I, I knew something was wrong I knew something was off right so um, just don't be afraid to ask those hard questions sometimes and be very direct with people um, so we're gonna move on from that one we'll move into um, another question we received again this is a little dated but uh, this question about the sheriff's office and where are we most stretched for resources um so in speaking with the sheriff and uh multiple members of the agency on this um ultimately the biggest place across the board not just for our agency but any law enforcement agency is going to be personnel uh personnel is a huge huge issue and not just personnel but i say qualified personnel and, and again i'm not trying to insult anybody everybody's got to start somewhere right um, but uh, like Misty, like 
How long does it take you f- to get a, a decent grasp of your job in CID and to become, you know, I'd say, proficient at it, right? How, about how long would you say? Um, well, I've been in CID for almost four years, and uh, I think every day there's still something to learn. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's new um, varieties of uh, or variations of crime that arise every day. So I really think that you could be here 10 or 20 years and still not know all there is to know. Yeah, there's, I think there's a, there's a whole lot of courses in just getting a, like a new investigator spun up and trained up. Um, CID, our Criminal Investigation Division, they have a training uh, training program that each new officer to CID has to go through, right? Yes. And there's there's classes they have to attend. There's types of calls they have to work. So there's all these boxes that have to be checked. That just at a how do I want to say this? Just at a like minimum standard level that boxes that have to be checked off. And 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 again, as Misty said, you know, I mean that's still. Every day you're learning something new. I mean, there's there's so many avenues, there's so many tools out there. Sometimes new tools, um, whether it's you know um, digital forensics, um, actual, just actual crime scene processing. Um, you're the expert here, so you know. Uh, yeah, there's um, new training coming available almost every day um, for uh, each different you know each variety of crime, whether it be, you know, thefts, uh, burglaries, motor vehicle thefts, um, financial crimes, um, especially the financial stuff, because, you know, no, we're not only looking at, you know, the thefts of credit cards and identities and checks or just cash out of someone's wallet, you know, we're looking at um, Bitcoin and various um, digital and cryptocurrency and you know that's a huge learning curve for some of us who don't use those things and it has to be worked a very specific way and so there's a lot more computer forensics um, that we are having to get more and more into and um, it's a lot less hands-on and a lot more computer related crimes these days because you can do a lot of damage in persons crimes and property crimes just over the computer. Well, I'm truly thankful for people like Misty because that is not me. My technological advance stopped with the Game Boy. I'm talking about the old one with the little screen. It's green and mm. black. You know, really like rectangle. Yeah, I may have left mine in a, in, a, in a security patrol vehicle in Alaska. May have been hiding it on for post checks. It's fine. Somebody buys a vehicle one day from the military and they find a Game Boy in there. It's mine. I'd like to have it back. So resources that we're really stretched on is obviously personnel. Qualified personnel is always great. Um, And how do we get good people? We get good people. Obviously, the initial attraction, everyone wants to know, how much do I make? Right. Well, I won't say everybody, but most people, right? What are the benefit packages? Things like that. That's how you draw people in. Uh, The commissioners did really good this past year. Um, they did give us a, a good pay bump. Um, unfortunately, what we're seeing now is just like every other business out there, our, the, our pay bump came in, 
now everybody else, all the other, you that know, businesses. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 really is a competition. Um, so, uh, I mean, they start bumping up numbers. Even competitions come from law enforcement agencies, but even even businesses outside law enforcement, you know, they become more competitive. Um, this is a high liability profession, and people start going, "Man, is it really worth, you know, X amount of dollars an hour for me to to risk?" You know my freedom my finances all that you know if there's a mistake on the job um, so in securing additional or additional personnel you know staying competitive is, is going to be a huge edge and I know our sheriff is working with the board commissioners right now to try and see what the county can do right because we all understand budgets aren't limitless right and it can't all be expended in one place um, we also started a recruiting effort. The recruiting effort, um, there's uh, approximately four of us here at the sheriff's office. And through Facebook, when people reach out to us, uh, we're actively contacting them, finding out why uh, they are, finding out why they're interested in Dawson County. Um, if they end up going somewhere else, hey, you know, what was the deciding factor for you? So we can kind of try to adjust fire and learn from, learn from that. Um, but really just trying to get additional personnel um, is is huge for us. So, um, so moving on from personnel or from the resources, our biggest thing is personnel, and that's how we stay competitive through recruiting done through our end, and then hopefully working with the commissioners, we can stay competitive pay wise, benefits wise. Uh, so, what training do our officers get to in order to stay proficient in unarmed combat? Um, so. Unarmed combat, we, we refer to it as defensive tactics, right? Um, probably same, roughly the same thing, just different, um, different name, if you will. Now, I will say that the unarmed combat brings to mind more of a military mindset, and in military, there's a lot more latitude, latitude and rules of engagement, right? Um, as officers, you know, our number one goal is to resolve situations without with the least amount of injury to ourselves and suspects, victims, you know, whatever, right? Uh, so recently myself and two other sheriff's office employees, we just completed a um, course with a private uh, entity. They put on a defensive tactics course, uh, instructor course. Uh, the state does one as well. They're currently kind of in the process of revamping theirs right now. Uh, it's very hard to get in there, though. It's it's They run one a year, so it's super competitive to get in. Uh, so by completing this training, um, we will be doing more and more defensive tactics in-service classes. Um, we're also currently looking at ways to run possibly open mat nights for our officers or mornings and evenings to give them the opportunity to come in and train more. Um, there's no doubt that um, being able to be comfortable, be confident, utilizing your hands to deal with situations is great. It won't solve every situation. We always have to realize that. We also have a lot of tools on our belts um, or vests, depending on what you're wearing to help, help stop the threats, right? And whether that's tasers, OC spray, ass baton, um, control techniques, um, reaching out, grabbing hold of somebody, um, however we can. Um, 
So, yeah, so basically we've gotten three new defensive tax instructors, including myself. Um, prior to that, um, we ultimately had two, um, and they're both higher up in the chain, and so availability was really a problem for them. So we're we're trying to step our game back up and really get this defensive tactics program rolling. Uh, let's see. When, so when when the Moonshine Festival is in town, do you notice an increase in arrests? Misty, what's been your experience in that? Um, not necessarily an increase in arrests. Um, the good thing about the Moonshine Festival, it is um, fairly contained mm -hmm. um, and it's become more and more so over the years um, so the majority of any incidents that occur within the festival are handled um, by the sheriff's office employees employed uh, to work the festival um, and I mean I will say that it doesn't seem to bring in any additional crime um, we have had over the years where uh, a couple of the um, vendors trailers have been um, broken into um, but it was more along the lines of um, food items <laughs> but um, as far as the numbers go uh, compared to any other time of the year there's no real substantial increase um, and if anything I think the continued um, Control more controlled environment that it has become over the years, the better it is it's gotten. the The road hazards are less. The um, the accidents, vehicle accidents or wrecks, are seem to be decreased during that time, and um, and things such as that. So I agree. So I guess along those lines, um, when would you say that you know certain crimes do pop up? You know, like let's say you know, entering autos? Well, historically, um, any kind of uh, property crime tends to vary on a seasonal basis. Mm -hmm. um, for years, it was uh, solely based on more of the spring, summer, fall, winter, uh, holiday seasons. Um, but 2019 and the COVID era kind of mm -hmm. put a damper on that and changed the trend quite a bit. So we're starting now that um, COVID is kind of on the, I wouldn't say the, the downslide, but it's not um, as perpetual in people's lives as it was for a while. We're starting to get back to um, more normal numbers. Um, so as far as um, entering autos, um, they kind of tend to go alongside with burglaries which is more of a seasonal trend, a summer trend. Um, they'll peak in the summer months because people are away from home. Mm -hmm. They're uh, out shopping more. Um, vehicles are parked in parking spaces more. People are in their vehicles more, so they tend to leave more valuable items in their vehicles, forget their keys in their vehicles, um, which corresponds with motor vehicle thefts, which have also spiked um, nationwide since uh, COVID started um, but motor vehicle thefts tend to be a little more opportunistic so it mm -hmm. will generally start out as an entering auto and then keys are left in the vehicle the vehicle is worth more as parts than it is as a vehicle um, so since um, 
during COVID, the the numbers were kind of skewed, um, at least here a bit, for um, entering autos and shopliftings, burglaries. Unfortunately, when we do the numbers for those, they're all intertwined. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a lot of what we see in our numbers is um, shopliftings, mm-hmm. especially at the outlet mall, which we know those are not generally um, locals, um, and Walmart, which tends to be locals. Um, so we have seen a substantial decrease um, since the decline in COVID, people going back to work, um, people aren't um, on empl- unemployment. Um, that's kind of, Unemployment is also another factor in um, the uprising of thefts. So if we see a season where more people are unemployed, we see a season of higher burglaries, um, thefts of various items from properties such as trailers, um, lawn equipment, Mm -hmm. heavy equipment. We've seen quite a substantial amount of that in our county recently, and that's because of the uprise in the economy. Mm -hmm. Um, But those are some local and some not. Um, but they do tend to um, follow a more seasonal trend. Um, frauds, not so much, um, which will kind of um, take you into you know what we're seeing a lot of now, which is phone scams. Um, we've received um, quite a few phone calls regarding um, specific named employees from our sheriff's office calling. Um, citizens and um, telling them that you know there's a warrant for their arrest and if they pay this amount of money over the phone then the warrant will be dismissed or um, you know they won't be arrested Uh, we will never call you and tell you that you have a warrant for your arrest and we will never ask you for money um, in order to um, alleviate your warrants or for you to not be arrested um, so if you do receive that phone call um, from any agency, sheriff's office, um, the IRS, the federal government, um, police departments, the GBI, <clears throat> we are, none of us are ever going to call you and, and say those things to you. Um, and it kind of also corresponds with um, the scams as far as um, Microsoft is a big one we see. Um, if, if Microsoft calls you and says that your computer has been compromised and they need to backdoor in, well, Microsoft is never going to call you and tell you that. Um, so if, you've, if you have a feeling and your gut is generally right that you might be being scammed, um, ask questions. Um, don't give them any information. Um, ask them for your information. If they can't tell you who you are, what account you hold with them, what your account number is, what activity is happening, uh, things of those nature, then it's probably a scam. Um, You can always ask for their callback number um, and disconnect the call. Google the number. If the number that you find is not the correct number, don't call them back. It's a scam. don't provide anyone that you know you don't have an account with any of your banking information, um, 
your personal information, your driver's license number, your social, um, even your bank. Um, if you were to call your bank and they want your social, um, you don't have to ever provide your entire social. Your last four digits are adequate. Um, but again, generally, if um, you have an actual account that is has been affected and your bank calls you, they're going to be able to prove they are your bank. Um, and so it is okay to ask questions and question whoever's calling you as to why they're calling you and uh, see what information about you that they already have. And if it doesn't feel right, then hang up and do your research, call back the business number that you find and uh, inquire into whatever fraud um, you're being uh, called about. Um, as far as um, reporting these things, it's not necessary to report these types of scams to the sheriff's office um, unless you are victimized. Um, if you um, are not, if you do not fall victim to the solicitations, then it's not necessary uh, to report those things. Um, but if if you do fall victim um, to these phone predators. Um, then, you know, by all means, file a report, contact your bank, contact the fraud departments at uh, the credit bureaus, and take steps to protect yourself and your identity. Generally, these, these people are not even in the United States. 99.9% .9 of the time, they are working from outside the United States where they may have contacts that they don't even know that they have um, recruited through these um, backdoor websites um, and they will be in various states so if you send them money you may if we were to work the case you we may see that that money was transferred to four different banks in four different states um, so it, it's truly never almost never locals who are scamming you it's generally people in other countries. And we also have issues with out-of-state banks um, with being able to get cooperation from them because they're not required to respond to our legal process, meaning our Georgia legal process as far as search warrants, subpoenas, anything of that matter. So, so if somebody calls you asking for money or tells you you're under arrest over the phone? Hang up. Yep, just hang up, right? Yes. It's uh, don't give them any information. Um, it, it, it happens a lot. Um, that's why that's why this, we're wanting to push this out and make sure that people don't fall victim to it. Um, so I believe we've made it through all the questions we currently have today. So um, we'll go ahead and wrap this thing up. Uh, Misty, thank you so much for sitting in here today. I know you had a lot of fun, right? Um, Folks, you guys like it, you enjoy it, um, please send us more questions or uh, topics that you want us to cover. Um, send them to the fuzz feed at Dawson County Sheriff's Office.org. There's no office, it's just Dawson County Sheriff.org. That part, yeah. <laughs> so I'll start that over again. I'll never get it right. I need, you know, I need, I need a teleprompter. So. Okay. Okay. Get it back under control. So, if you guys enjoyed the podcast, you want to see more, send us questions, 
send us topics you'd like to get more information on. We'll try and get subject matter experts in if we don't have it at the FuzzFeed. Sorry. At DawsonCountySheriff.org. Yes, the FuzzFeed at DawsonCountySheriff.org. Sorry. <laughs> I'm telling you, I need a teleprompter, okay? Um, cue cards. Cue cards, yeah. We're, we can't afford a teleprompter right now, but cue cards, definitely in the budget. I'm going to need Matthew to hold something up real tall in the back. Be able to read. Well, then he'll have to grow for it to be real tall. We'll get him a step stool. You'll probably be able to see it, though. So, anyways, all right. Thanks for joining the Fuzz Feed. See you all next time.